obstructs us or often becomes obstacles for you and I to live our best Christian life. Now, it's not a, if our Christian life is a gift from Jesus Christ, the Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, it's a gift of God. I want to maximize that gift right here. I, I want to receive as much from that gift as possible. Uh, and yet we understand, though, that we have enemies, obstacles, barriers uh, that sometimes cause us not to receive from that uh, the, the very most important things. Now, Paul begins to write here in chapter 3, verse 5, and, and he makes some assumptions, but he makes an appeal about these things based on the fact that we're new in Christ. In other words, if we're new or we're born new in Jesus Christ, then there ought to be some things about that new life that are different from our old life. Probably a, a change. Uh, and, and so he, he addresses some of those things. One of the things he says, because of your new life, he says, stop sinning. Because of our new life, the challenge is, is for you and I to, to stop sinning. And he really makes that clear in, in verses 5 through 7. And he gives us, first of all, there's an exhortation in verse 5 to do that very thing. He says, therefore, put to death your members which are in, on the earth. Now, listen, what Paul's not talking about is putting to death the parts of our body that are connected with sin. In other words, he's not saying if your lips are lying, put your lips dead. Or if your hands are sealing, don't do that, right? But, I mean, cut them off. Uh, and so, but yet, you know, in ancient times, if someone was caught sealing, you know what they did? They first of all, they got the right hand. And if they kept on sealing, you know what they did? They cut their other hand off. Uh, there was a story about a man in England one time who was a pickpocket. He was caught pickpocketing once, and they cut off his right hand. Not very long after that, they caught him again the second time. They caught his other hand. You think, well, hey, there it is, isn't it? I mean, that's the solution to the problem. You can't pickpocket anymore. The story goes on. It says he learned how to steal with his teeth. You see, the problem is hitting these parts of our body. Sin doesn't come from the body, but it comes from the heart. Heart issue. Our heart directs our bodies that whatever we love, we go after. Whatever we want, we pursue. And so uh, all of a sudden, it's, it's a heart issue, isn't it, that we really need to have transformed or needs to be changed. And so the Scripture reminds us of that very thing. Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 79, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah is reflecting on this. He says, boy, you know, we're just bad. And, and what has to happen is that that comes from our, our heart. We need that to change. You see, so Paul gives us that exhortation to change. He, he talks about putting those members to death. And the word death here is, is kind of unique. It means to not mortify in that sense or, you know, call to not live. But what it really means is to pry the power. In other words, what, what we want to do is take away the power that sin has over us. It means to destroy the strength of Destroy the strength of that sin nature. 
so everything about us, that old nature, that old man, is dead with Christ, but it still exerts influence over us, doesn't it? When the old man's dead, but that old man still somehow has influence over it. God gives us the power and the resources of it change, doesn't it? Peter writes in 2 Peter chapter 1, listen to what he says verses 2 through 4. He says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. How does he say that we have grace and peace in the knowledge of, our, of God and the Lord Jesus Christ? So if, if you're lacking peace in your life, you nobody increases that peace is knowing, having a deeper knowledge and understanding of Jesus. Where do we get that from, right? Uh, the Holy Spirit guides us in this word. And through that, we increase in, in grace and we increase in peace. But Peter goes on, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him, there it is again. And we're connected to all things that we need to live out a life pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's there available for us and it comes to, uh, to us by understanding. Now, Peter goes on and says, Who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. In other words, Peter says that in the Bible that there's great and precious promises. There's, there's wor a word from God that has importance to us, what Peter trying to say. He says there's things that we, we desperately need to know and understand and really begin to apply those to our lives so that it will bring us into deeper connection with Jesus Christ so that we won't struggle with these things that the flesh wants to influence. Does that make sense? We absorb more of Jesus than we do this world in the Word of God. And so Peter goes on and he says that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. In other words, through the promises of God, the Word of God, that it connects us in a way to Jesus Christ that we can have what we need to stand and live out that fullness of Christian life. Apart from that, we have no hope. No hope. We can be saved, we can come to church, we can do Christian things, but if we're not investing the Word of God in our lives, there'll never really be much change in it. And so he reminds us about that very thing. We need to do that. And he goes on and says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. How do we escape this? How do we escape the pressure of this world? How do we escape the influence of this world? Is because we, we, we're influenced by the Word of God more than the things of this world. And so Peter reminds us of that very thing. So what Paul says here is, is, is there's an exhortation, first of all, to stop sinning, how do we do that? We do that by being in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit guiding us in the Word of God. Now, he gives some examples of what we need to look for and what we need to be worried about. In, in verse 5, he gives some sexual sins that play us. And then in verses 8 and 9, he gives some social sins that affects our relationship with the people around us. And so in verse 5, what does he say? He says fornication. Now, fornication is that broad term in the Bible for sexual sins. It's, it, it covers things like um, adultery, uh, homosexuality, 